0: This is Marathon Training Academy, episode 405.
1: Thanks to Prevenix, makers of Joint Health Plus, for sponsoring this episode. The main active ingredients are clinically proven to reduce joint pain, reduce joint stiffness, and improve joint flexibility in just 7 to 10 days. Save 15% by visiting Prevenex.com and using code MTA.
0: Thanks also to Oladance Open Earbuds. They have 360 degrees superior sound, but never actually enter your ear, so there's no ear fatigue. And you'll never lose track of what's happening around you. Visit Oladance.com and use the code MTA20 for 20% off
1: thanks also to AG1. AG1 is comprehensive daily nutrition made powerfully simple. It has 75 high quality whole food sourced ingredients carefully curated to nourish all of your body's systems holistically. Get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash MTA.
0: Hey, hey, welcome to the MTA Podcast, where we inspire and empower you to run a marathon and change your life. I'm Trevor. And I'm Angie. In this episode, we speak with Jackie Hunt-Broyersma, an amputee runner who finished 104 marathons in 104 days. And of course, just a reminder, you can get all of our back podcast episodes, interviews, training plans, all the good stuff. As an Academy member, find out how to join when you visit marathontrainingacademy.com. So, Angie, you did like 13 miles today, just walking with various people, didn't you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I started out doing a four-mile walk with a friend who's recovering from knee surgery, and then my sister Autumn and I did a nine-mile hike on the Appalachian Trail, so got plenty of time on my feet today.
0: (laughs) Nice. Well, I have done nothing, so I'm looking forward to getting out there and doing something today. You can't help but feel like going out and doing something after you listen to someone like Jackie, who is just out there kicking butt So we're looking forward to jumping into that conversation. Before we do that, we'd like to give some shout-outs to folks in our community who are not letting any moss grow under them.
1: That's right. We'd like to say congratulations to several members of the Social Distancing Run community. First off, Jeffrey posted, I finished the Arctic Ultra Marathon today. It was run on snow-covered trails in the Yukon.
0: That sounds pretty epic. I didn't even know there were races in the Yukon in February.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looked just like completely like winter conditions, like snow packed trails, snow all around, running in the cold in those kind of conditions. I feel like it takes so much more energy. So it's really, really a huge accomplishment. We'd also like to say congratulations to Tony. He finished the San Francisco half marathon. He was second in his age group of age 50 to 54 with a time of one that's five fifty-eight per mile. It's amazing. His previous PR for the course was one twenty-three. He said when he was ten years younger.
0: Huh. So you can get faster as you get older.
1: That's right. This comes from Dion. She posted. Sometimes I forget I still have two plates and ten screws in my left ankle. In two thousand and two, I was ejected from a motorcycle at high speed. I flew off and hit a tree. My foot was literally hanging from my body. The doctors told me I would more than likely walk with a limp or need a walker, but I wasn't having it. In 2005, I completed my first marathon and have done 12 more since then, and I even ran one barefoot. My mantra is, there's nothing I can't do.
0: Wow. And finally, we'd like to say congrats to a coaching client of ours named Zach. He did the Frozen Falls 50 miler and finished in 11 hours, 40 minutes and 40 seconds, He works with Coach Henry, and uh, he told his coach, I feel really good, actually. You had me very well prepared. I don't have much soreness. The worst is in my big toe because I kicked the crap out of a rock somewhere between 16 to 25 miles on the course, and I had to keep running on it. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) He says, it's a wee bit bruised and swollen, but, man, my legs and body in general feel really damn good, all things considered. Thanks again. I'm so grateful for you.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. What an accomplishment.
0: Well, that's really cool. Well, super congrats on that, Zach, and I'm so glad to hear that your 50 miler went well. It's a long way to run.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Speaking of running a long way, we are excited to have Jackie hunt Broersma. Angie, just give people a little bio on Jackie.
1: Well, she's based in Arizona. She was born and raised in South Africa. She lost her leg in 2001 at the age of 26. In 2020, she became the first amputee to run 100 miles on a treadmill, finishing in 23 hours, 38 minutes. And then last year, 2022, she set a Guinness record by finishing 104 marathons in 104 days.
0: Yeah, this interview will really reinforce the truth that you are capable of so much more than you think you are. And interestingly, Jackie didn't even start running until after she lost her leg and when we spoke with her, it was right at the beginning of 2023. She had just finished 200 miles at a six-day event called Across the Years. So you might hear her mention that. Before we jump into our conversation with Jackie, we just like to say thanks to our friends at Path Projects. You've heard me rave about Path Projects shorts. They also make awesome pants that I've been rocking this winter. They have a real cool kind of trail runner vibe. They also make premium running headwear. They develop these hats from scratch to maximize airflow, so it keeps your head cool, keeps sweat out of your eyes, protects your face from the sun. They work well for men and women. They're collapsible. They come in different shapes and sizes and styles. So check it out if you want to rock a real cool running hat. pathprojects.com forward slash MTA. You can get 10% off with our link, pathprojects.com forward slash MTA. Now our conversation with Jackie Hunt-Broyersma. Well on my way, well on my way. Jackie, welcome to the MTA podcast.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me on.
1: We're really excited to talk to you. We actually featured you in our 2022 big running update. You know, we featured the biggest stories in the running world of the year and you're 104 marathons in 104 days. Was definitely right up there with some of the most amazing things last year. So we'd like to say congratulations on that. And, you you know, before we get into all that, I know we want to really dig into how you did that both physically and mentally. But I always like to ask people, you know, how they got started as a runner, because it usually doesn't start by, you know, big, huge, audacious goals. It starts small sometimes. It
2: was, Yeah, Um, my running journey is like really weird because I wasn't a runner before I lost my leg. I thought runners were crazy. So yeah, uh, I'm not going to do running. Why would you do running? Um, I was kind of the kid in the at school that we kind of hide in the bathroom when we had any track days and stuff because <laughs> I hated running so much. And it was weird. And it's when I lost my leg, like you, you get, kind of get put in a box and there's, there's so many things that people say you can't do, you can't do. Running was one of those things because it frustrated me because suddenly... I couldn't just go out the door and do this, just like do what everyone else was doing. And my husband's a runner. I was like, well, what he can do, I can do better. (laughs) <laughs> um, so there was a little bit of that challenge going, and I was intrigued by running. So I wanted to try it, and it's bizarre. just I think it was more of a drive because I was missing my leg that suddenly I was like, well, I want to give running a go and just see what happens. My
1: goal was to do 5K. That was it. That was my mm-hmm. goal. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a big goal yeah. to overcome, especially you're running on a prosthesis. Yeah. Um, tell us about how you lost your leg.
2: Um, I lost it to Ewing sarcoma. Um, which is a rare form of bone cancer, and there still isn't that much research into it. Unfortunately, with sarcoma, most of the time it ends up in an amputation. Um, So I was really lucky that the time when they caught it, they amputated my leg. And yeah, I've been cancer free for 20 years now so it's like phenomenal so that saved my life um it was kind of one of those things where you get the diagnosis and they're like well to save your life we're gonna have to lose your leg and
1: (laughs) you're like what can you say to that (laughs)
2: like they're like well to save your life that's it (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. So what were the warning signs that led to your cancer diagnosis?
2: I had a warning sign, but no one kind of took it serious. Um, I had surgery on my leg years before that, and I had this massive long scar tissue on my leg. And it was it started getting really painful, and it was, like, really sensitive to the touch. So I went to the doctor, and I'm like, the scar tissue really hurts. What well, is it? And he was like, oh, you know what? It's just scar tissue. There's nothing we can do about it. But had they known, I actually had a tumor growing on the other side of the scar tissue Mm -hmm. that they Mm -hmm. obviously didn't know but the weird thing is I went to the doctor um went home that night and went to bed woke up the next morning and that scar tissue had literally popped out like it was the size of a golf ball just suddenly like overnight it just had popped out but I think that kind of saved my life a little bit yeah thank goodness out they wouldn't have found it and mm-hmm. I would have maybe for a few more years had it, and then it would have been too late, and it would have spread. Because mm-hmm. with um, sarcoma, it normally spreads straight to your lungs. So, and that's why it is—it kind of needs to be caught early enough so we can save your life. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it went. And it's everything kind of spiraled. It was like this big roller coaster. I literally, got diagnosed, um, had a biopsy done. And within like three weeks, I went from cancer diagnosis to leg amputation. So it was just like this whole big whirlwind.
1: Wow. So much you took for granted in your life probably changed with that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it did. And it's it's weird because I I still remember the night before surgery, I kind of sat in the bath looking at both my legs and I'm like, well, tomorrow I'm going to be missing one. And it's the weirdest thing. Mm. And it's like... Mm. But you also, there's part of you that also feels guilty because you should be feeling grateful because this will save your life, that you're going to survive cancer. And it's like, it's such a whirlwind of emotions and things that you have to deal with
1: all at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that gratitude, but also that grief that you're losing something that you've relied on. And wow, (laughs) that's a lot.
0: So what about the next day, though, after surgery?
2: the next few days it was weird it was the only thing I could remember of those few days in the hospital was the amount of pain I was in um Mm -hmm. even though I was on morphine and it's kind of a thing that I never talk about I've never experienced pain like that in my life before it's just um they give you they do you kind of get addicted to a little bit to the morphine so there's an amount that you can have and then they have to cut it like you get attached to a pump So you can kind of monitor it yourself and it was a scary time because suddenly you're laying in there and it's like i hadn't even looked at my leg yet and at the time i was living in holland and the dutch the dutch are very direct and very like they say it as it is and and my surgeon was he was brilliant that way in a sense because he walked in like a day after the surgery and he's like have you looked at your leg yet and I'm like, no, I haven't had the courage. And he literally put the blanket off and he's like, there we go. That's what it looks like. You need to deal with it. And he wow. was very kind yeah. of very direct about it, which I'm now I'm like, I was super grateful for because I think it just helped me to kind of learn to deal with it straight away. And then it's like, mm-hmm. it's a whole process. Like you, you, You have to learn to walk on crutches because you don't have a leg yet because you can't get a prosthetic leg until the swelling is down. So there's a whole bunch of swelling involved with a drainage. It is pretty gross, like the things you have to go through and then you have to learn to balance on a
1: crutch. Was there that emotional and just like psychological process of adapting, you know, when you got your prosthetic? And having to manage learning to walk on that, can you talk about that a little bit? Because that's a process before you even get into running, you know, you have to learn to walk again.
2: It's such a weird process because a lot of people think that you kind of get this, you're given this leg and off you go and you're going to walk. And it isn't, it is not like that at all because your brain Knows that that part is missing. Uh, it knows and it doesn't know. So it's like mm. it's a weird process because it's like suddenly you have this device strapped to your 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 residue limb and you need to just trust it and like putting all your weight. It's like you're learning to walk again from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it's like my first prosthetic was quite heavy. It added that extra weight. And it's like you're kind of learning to balance on it, but you're not quite putting all your weight on it. But at the same time, your brain, like when you're sleeping, I fell out of bed quite a few times, because my brain thought my leg was still there. And it's like a normal reaction that you kind of wake up and you need to go to the bathroom and you put your leg out. And your leg's not there anymore and you wipe wow. out. That was hard. Like the first few times I did that, you felt a little embarrassed because it's like mm-hmm. suddenly the reality of like, well, actually you don't have a leg anymore. And it's, it's like, it's a weird thing that you kind of have to deal with. So there's all these little things that you used to take for granted that now suddenly you kind of faced with those type of things I kind of had to deal with and kind of work through.
0: And what were you doing uh, for work back then?
2: Um I was in pharmaceutical marketing. Um so I used to travel a lot. It, it was a weird time because I had just got promoted at work, so like work was going great. Everything was like I felt like, you know what, I've just hit the jackpot. I've got this great career. And then this happened and it was like mm. it was kind of a little bit of a kick in the gut because you're like mm. really I'm just kind of making it and stuff. So, um, I was back at work like within four weeks because I just like you know what, I'm not going to sit at home. And I kind of wandered in there with my my crutches and just like really being really stubborn. <laughs>
1: Hmm. so you said during this time that your husband was a runner and you kind of thought maybe you'll run a 5k
2: yeah it was kind of one of those things i just wanted to see if i could do it um Mm -hmm. the first 5k race i did i actually did on a walking prosthetic i found it so hard but there was still something that drew me, and I don't know what it was. I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to give up because I'm me being stubborn. I don't quit. <laughs> I kind of then after that, I'm like, well, it's got to be better and easier and things like that. So I started researching prosthetics, and that's how I kind of came onto the my first running blade. And it was kind of a conversation you have. Well, um, you're going to be spending $10,000 on a running prosthetic. Are you sure you want to kind of go down the route of running? Because it's not like you're just spending like 150 bucks on a pair of running shoes. The running blades, once you pay that money, they're designed for specific for a person. So you can't exactly go and sell it on eBay and say, oh, wow, well, it didn't work out. Get my money back. No, it doesn't work that way.
0: How much did you say the blade cost?
2: My first one was $10,000. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And it'll last for a lifetime or?
2: No, they don't last a lifetime. I wish they did, but no, they don't. Okay. <laughs> they probably could last a lifetime if you didn't run a lot on them. Um, but because the amount of running I do they don't last me long. The first one I pushed the limits of it and I probably did about 3000 miles on it. Um and it kind of got to a point where everyone was like, well, we don't think you should be running on that anymore. Um it might be time to kind of switch it out and stuff and it was kind of I've just been pushing limits on them because the last blade I've done, I had I've got about 5000 miles on it, but that one you can feel they start the carbon starts getting soft. And you can actually feel they get softer and softer. And this one's pretty soft on me. It's a matter of time before it snaps. And it's kind of when they go, they go. (laughs) So I'm just hoping someone has a camera and they can kind of video it because it would be a really good YouTube video.
0: Have Have you had one snap on you before?
2: I've not but I've had a few other things like break on me like the the valve because I run with a suction system so it's kind of got a valve on the side and those valves have popped out and I've lost it out on the trails and stuff and then it basically means that my blade doesn't hold me anymore so it's just kind of I'm just moving up and down so it's like the weirdest thing so then I just have to kind of stop and luckily I've become really good with balancing on one leg so when my leg does fly off I've mm-hmm. got quite good balance that I can kind of stop myself <laughs> from wiping out.
0: <laughs> oh, wow! So, so you've been on the trails or running somewhere, and the prosthetic Ups come off. off.
2: Uh-huh. Wow! <laughs> you kind of adapt, and it's just like this is my new normal. I think in the beginning, I used to get really frustrated with it. Like I would ask questions like, "Why me?" Like I'd, I'd like to have a bit of a pity party and. The whole process can be super frustrating and it's just like sometimes it would just do my head in and then just like it's yeah. so unfair and I have to deal with all these extra issues and stuff like that. But now you kind, of, you kind of just go with it and it's like, you know what, it is what it is. And then when something like that happens, you're like, okay, well, let's find a solution. What else can we do? I mean, even when I, when I did my 200 miler last week, my tread fell off. Like literally the entire tread just came off. What do I do now? Because you can't, you can't run on the carbon at all. I mean, it's just like so thin and it just will tear it up. So I'm like, okay, duct tape, it is then. And it's like for most of the race, I just had duct tape taped around my around my tread. So it, you kind of adapt.
1: So I'm interested, how did you get the idea to set the record for, first it was 100 marathons in 100 days. Yeah. And then you had to change it to, you know, above that. Um, How did that come about? That seems like a really interesting goal to set.
2: Um, It was good old social media again, because I had seen Alyssa. Alyssa Clark originally set the 95, like she did 95 marathons in 95 days. Um, And I was intrigued because I firstly didn't know it was a record. I didn't per se do it for the record. I kind of just wanted to see if someone like me could do it. Because it's Mm -hmm. like, there's no one like me that, kind of goes after things like that. And I I was just intrigued to see, would I be able to do it? Would my blade hold? Would like my body hold up? Because there's just so many extra factors when you run with a prosthetic. And so I was just intrigued just to see if I'd be able to do it. And I was like, you know what? It would just be phenomenal if someone like me could actually come and do it and just put it onto a whole new level. To be honest, when I when I got to 100, I was surprised. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, oh, I actually made it? <laughs> Because The first week was the hardest because I was like, what was I thinking doing this? Because Mm. you have all these like issues you have to deal with, like your body just kind of adapting to the distance, just kind of the ground, doing it every day. And it's just like, it kind of got a little bit tedious. But then after a while you kind of get into a rhythm and you kind of get into a routine and then you kind of like, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And then I think like halfway point, like 50, the wheels totally came off and I was like, Okay, I'm done. Like my mind, my mind had checked out. It was the weirdest thing. It just said, you know what? You're you're fine. 50 is a good distance. (laughs) It is. 50 (laughs) 50 is a good one. It's like uh, 50 marathons, great. Pat yourself (laughs) on the back. And luckily I am stubborn as I am. And I was like, no, you will not quit on this. And also I had the whole mom guilt because my kids kept checking on me and they're like, mommy, you're going to finish this thing, right? You're going to keep doing, you're going to keep going. Now, can you imagine disappointing a 10 year old? I'm like, yeah, I can't have that guilt.
1: Right, exactly. They're like, why wouldn't you? I mean, come on. Yeah,
2: exactly. Come on, mom.
1: So what did you have to do to keep your residual limb healthy? Just that wear and tear every day. We were talking about what it took to keep your blade going and just, I'm sure that skin got really tender and swollen.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it it was funny because it got so swollen that I couldn't fit in the original blade I started with. And luckily I had an old blade, which is the one I, which I've run in so many miles, it's about to break. Um, And it was a much wider socket, so I could switch. Um, oh that's nice so luckily I had that because otherwise it would have ended really quickly because it's just because uh, the problem I have is like um, on my residue limb the back of my knee swells up quite badly with running it it, it always has it's just the way it is to do with the suction and just holding onto my skin and stuff so it gets a little bit irritated mm-hmm. so I had to be very careful like uh, my routine always. Consisted of icing the back of my knee, massaging it, just to kind of bring that swelling down. And that kind of helped just being really on top of my recovery and making sure I catch any issues before they become bigger issues. Because especially when you're running with a prosthetic, if you leave it, suddenly that little, tiny, little issue becomes this huge, big mountain. So
1: it's kind of just working through those. Yeah, did you get into some kind of routine? How did it fit into your day and your life? Yeah, I was gonna,
0: I was gonna say, if it was me, I would put it off to like the very last.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I. The
2: the thing is, because with the the kiddos, like they still come home and do homework, and then you still have to cook dinner. As the the mom side of stuff still kind of carries on. Yes. Um, So basically, the routine was in the mornings, I'd get them ready for school, breakfast, and do all that, and then walk my daughter to school. Luckily, we just literally, the school is just down the road. So we walk her to school, come back, put my running stuff on, and then off I go. And that was kind of the routine because I, didn't always work that way but most of the time I tried to finish before they kind of came home from school um or just after they were home from school so we could kind of do dinner and homework and 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 all everything else yes (laughs) (laughs)
1: let
2: me tell you we didn't do laundry for a very long time (laughs) I was pretty gross after a while
0: (laughs) so after doing 50, and you said the wheels came off, yeah. was it the way that you hit the wall? Was it like uh, just feeling fatigued, or was it mental?
2: it was more mental like it was yeah. weird like I always say that our bodies are just amazing my body was adapting to the distance it was I mean I was tired which was totally normal but I could kind of go th- through the emotions it was more mental it was like I had to fight through that just to kind of keep myself going and when I wanted to kind of queer I would just tell myself just do one mile and see how it goes and kind of then play games with myself like that and then just do the next mile and then just gradually just trick my mind a little bit just to keep going and then surprisingly I'd be like done and I'm like oh okay another (laughs) marathon down and it was like it was so weird but it's good because it's definitely made me stronger and realize our bodies are so much more capable it's just our minds we need to work on and it's just given me so many more benefits by doing this just to a much stronger
0: mind did you try to occupy your mind when you were running, like listening to music or podcast or something? Or
2: Yeah, I kind of switched it around because there's so much time you can spend in your own head that mm-hmm. is after a while you're like, you know what, I don't want to be spending any more time in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of mixed it up, some music, yeah, every now and then some podcasts and stuff like that. Um, there were some points where I would just kind of zone out a little bit and just try and focus on more like being grateful for being out here and trying to take in things around me and things like that because i think often with running well for me a lot of the times when i'm training it's just it's a training run so i'm just i'm doing a job i need to get it done but there's like we sometimes forget to kind of just look around and just like oh mm-hmm. wow this is actually really pretty where i'm running or like yeah. focus on things like that a little bit um so i i was trying to do that a lot more which helped because it kind of really distracts you and puts it a little bit more in perspective
0: Quick break to thank our sponsors and talk about some of the products for runners that we absolutely love. First of all, Joint Health Plus, made by Prevenex. I've been taking this joint supplement since last summer when I had my super hard marathon on the Alps and all the hiking we did, and I'm happy to report that my joints are healthy and strong and not complaining because, you know, as you get older, your joints can start to complain about all the running and the hiking that you do. So it's important to find a good joint supplement. That's why we're thrilled to recommend Joint Health Plus by Prevanex.
1: That's right. The main active ingredients are clinically proven to reduce joint pain, reduce joint stiffness, and improve joint flexibility in just 7 to 10 days. It also protects joint cartilage, which is huge for joint longevity, performance, and health. Over on their website, they have tons of testimonials from runners on how the product has greatly helped their training, performance, and recovery. And that's absolutely what we love to see people being able to do what they love for as long as they want to do it.
0: Yeah. And what's cool, if you don't experience any benefits within the first 30 days, they will refund your money. So do your joints a favor, go to Prevenex.com. Look for Joint Health Plus and use the code MTA. That's prevenex.com. Use the code MTA for 15% off your first order. Thanks also to Oladance Wearable Stereo. We're always getting asked about headphones or earbud recommendations for runners. We've got one for you here, Oladance.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, We got sent these earbuds to try out. And I already had a pair that I really liked, honestly. So I was just kind of like, okay, I'll try them because we don't want to recommend products that we don't believe in here. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very skeptical and I tried them and I was just so surprised at the sound quality. Just amazing. It was way better than what I was using previously. And I like the fact that they don't enter the ear because often I would get like a lot of sweat. So as a person who listens to two hours a day of audiobooks, usually when I'm working out. I absolutely love the Oladance open earbuds. They have a secure fit, they stay firm on your ears, excellent sound, and of course, safer because you're not losing track of what's happening
0: around you. Just visit oladance.com, use the promo code MTA20 to save 20%. Once again, that's Oladance, use the code MTA20 for 20% off. So looking back at 104 marathons in a row, what's maybe one moment that sticks out, kind of an interesting story or something that happened to you?
2: I think it was when I had to do the double. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, wow.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a, um, a brutal day.
0: You had to do a double? I
2: had to do a double. It was weird because that particular day, I actually, I did a half. We, like the rules are a little bit weird when you're going after these records. Um, and I did part of the marathon, but then we had some issues with my kids at home with childcare and stuff. I had to come home. So I took a bit of a break and then I kind of continued the other half. And a few people said, well, that wouldn't count um, mm. uh-huh. if you kind of split it up like that. So I was oh, worried man. because I think that was number 32. So I was a little concerned that it it wouldn't count. And it's like I was already far in. And I was like, can you imagine getting to 100 and then finding out that, well, number 32 actually never counted. So the whole project yeah. would have been a disaster. Ugh. So I literally went out again and then did another wow. marathon. So I had done over 50 miles that day. Um but that last marathon I had to finish it within that day so I literally yeah. I think I made it by I think I finished at like 11:52 in the oh. evening wow so I literally just made it and it, and I was worried because I was like well I'm not going to be able to recover now Mm-hmm. um I didn't feel correctly at all because I wasn't feeling for an ultra and I was what? like it's just such a different ball game and it's just like it was just so much more extra miles and I was like wow well, this might actually have just broken me now <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was the weirdest thing but the weird thing was the next day I got up and yeah it was tough getting going but once I kind of got over that next one it was fine
1: I just kind of carried on mm-hmm
0: Well, Angie saw you on the course at the Boston Marathon.
1: Yeah, and I I ran by you, and I was really struggling mentally and feeling a bit sorry for myself at that point in time, but I had been following you on Instagram, and so knowing that you were doing, I think it was Marathon number 92 or something. It was, yeah. And then you were doing another one the next day. I got out of my own head in a way, and I was like, oh my goodness, there's Jackie looking strong on the Newton Hills. So thank you for (laughs) helping me out there. (laughs) What was your experience like at Boston?
2: That was a challenge in itself, too, just to try and kind of get to Boston.
1: Oh, the logistics, yeah. run a
2: marathon, then do the race, and then the next day to run another marathon and then fly home, so I (laughs) can kind of with the time difference, then run another marathon. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) 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 But it was great to be out in Boston just for the distraction and just like something different and just the crowd, everyone just pulling, rooting for everyone and just pulling Mm -hmm. you
1: along. It was fantastic.
0: At the time of this recording, you just ran a 200-mile ultra not that long ago.
1: Yes. Talk to us about how that came about. I mean, you know, so after you finished 104 marathons, were you like burnout from running? Did you just like not want to run for a while? I was, to be honest, I was actually, I was supposed to do Moab 240
2: um, in October and I actually pulled out because it was weird. It it was such a busy time after I did the marathon thing. I was busy with quite a few interviews and just like just life and just trying to catch up. It kind of took me off guard because I wasn't expecting to feel a little bit burnt out from it. Surprisingly, yeah. I'm not sure what I was thinking, but
1: <laughs> you didn't know what to expect, did you? <laughs> yeah, I
2: didn't know what to expect. So I was like, oh, was just gonna, I'm just going to, I'm sure, I'll just keep going. But yeah, it's weird. And I i think my body just, yeah, I just needed a bit of a break. But then with the 200, I signed up for the six day event, but my goal was because I'm training for Umstead 100, it's kind of one of those fine lines where you don't want to push the limits too much. So you get injured because my goal race is Umstead 100. So yes. I was like, well, still pushing the limits. I'm like, well, my goal is going to be 200 miles. I'm like, that's easy peasy. Come on. Just
1: 200. <laughs> oh, man.
2: And also coming off like naively, I thought, you know what, I did 104 marathons. How, how difficult is doing 200 miles? But <laughs> it's, it's different because there isn't as much recovery time. So yeah. you're just, there's less time for that. And also the course is like a one mile loop, but that course tears your body up because it's it's a combination of concrete and a little bit of gravel. And oh. for some reason it, it rained, like we had like two full days of rain.
0: So 200 miles on a, on a one mile loop. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Who signs up for that? I, mean-
2: <laughs> I know, just these like stupid people. It's like, why, <laughs> why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> on top of it we had so much rain that the course became muddy oh so like trying to kind of balance and like stay upright it tore my body up so I just Mm -hmm. kind of had other because I was overcompensating and stuff so I kind of yeah the wheels came off a little bit because I just I just had so many issues that kind of crept up and things that I wasn't expecting but it's kind of what you're like you know what it is what it is like Mm -hmm. even if I have to crawl it I'll still get my 200 miles um mm. and I literally crawled it basically and but I got my 200 miles so it was all good. What <laughs> I won't do for a buckle. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a cool looking buckle. I saw the photo on Instagram that you posted. So I was, I was about to ask. Besides the buckle, like what compels you to sign up for these races? I mean, it sounds completely miserable in my. <laughs> And <laughs> what you described, is going around in a circle. But you can easily just retire. You've done 104 marathons. You've got a Guinness record. What compels you and drives you to keep doing this and pushing the limits like you do?
2: It's just to be out there and just to show people what you can do. I think that just drives me. Um, and, yeah, I don't, I don't need to keep pushing limits and things like that. But it's the fun part because it's just like it's such an unknown. Um, and I'd rather try and fail than not try. That's always been mm-hmm. my motto and i'm i'm very much a sign up last minute i'm like oh let's see what happens it was pretty much how the marathon thing went like i'd seen it like someone had done it and i was like broke the news to my husband i was like i'm gonna go after it let's see what happens um i might do one i might do do 100. who knows but hey and and that's kind of how i approach life and i just i'd rather live like that because it just it keeps things interesting exciting because you just never know and it's i mean i've had some heartbreak with some races where it's just Mm. not worked out and i'm like oh this was a disaster. But then you you pick yourself up and you, you keep trying and then you have success and you're like, you know what? This is why I do it. But also the amount of people that reached out when I did the marathon thing and a lot of like children at schools, like people were like say, well, the school was following you. All the kids wanted to know what you were doing Aww. and have you done it? Have you finished marathon number 20? Have you done this one? Have you done that one? And everyone was following along, which was fantastic. Yes. And just like, I feel like you make a difference in the world. And mm-hmm. and that's, that's always been my goal is, and especially when, when something big like this happens to you, like when you lose part of your body and things, you, there, there's, a, there's a part of you that will question. It's like, why, why did this happen? There yeah. has to be a, a bigger meaning to it. Uh, you look at life a little bit different and you're like, well, maybe this is my purpose just to push limits and show people like, you don't have to be scared just to give it a try. And I'm a big believer that, we are capable of so much more than what we think we are. Um, yes. And I'll keep pushing limits until my body, I mean, who knows, maybe my body will fall apart. And and I've had <laughs> that a lot of people, a lot of people reached out. And, Why do you keep doing this? It's dangerous for your body. And it's like, oh. it is like awful for your body. And just think like when you're 80, you're not going to be able to walk anymore. I'm like, well, then at least I've lived a full life. <laughs> exactly. <I was> like, <laughs> yeah let's see what happens right. i want to be there i don't know there was a there was a 90 year old who was doing across the years with me when i was doing the 200 miler and oh, wow. he'd he done 100 and he was 90 oh, and i was amazing. like you know what those are my goals wow. if i can get yes. to 90 and i can still do 100 miles i'm like hey <laughs> that's a way to live
0: better to wear out than to rust out yeah
2: exactly exactly <laughs>
1: So you were able to raise money for the amputee Blade Runners. Can you tell us about that organization?
2: Yes. I was so overwhelmed with how well we did um, Mm -hmm. with that. And it's, it's an amazing charity. It's basically run by a bunch of volunteers and they provide running prosthetics for amputees. Um, Wow. But what I was intrigued with the amount of work they do with kids. Um, And I met a few of the kids that came out there and the one little boy I met, and I'm, I'm good friends with his dad now too. And he was born without a limb and, all he wants to do was just be normal and run with his friends. And yeah. The the problem in especially in the US is like house insurance doesn't always cover running prosthetics. So I mean, it's wow. Who, who has ten thousand dollars to spend on a running foot? I'm sorry, but especially when you're
1: growing, like as a child,
2: especially with kids because they go through <laughs> yeah. so many different sockets things like that it's just a constant because they're growing um and so they work with kids like that they're literally changing lives like the little boy just wants to he just I mean who doesn't want to run outside on the playground with their friends and things like that so this gives opportunities for kids just to kind of be kids and just kind of get out there I just love the work that they do um and I feel like they make a difference so yeah
0: so what other races do you have on the calendar? You mentioned you'll be at Boston this year.
1: And you mentioned the Umstead 100,
0: didn't you? I know, I've yeah. got
2: Umstead 100. Um, I really want to get my Western State qualifier. So that's kind of where yeah. I'm, I'm at. So I'd love to just be out, Western State. Possibly Vermont 100. Um, I'm just kind of still working out logistics. i supposed to be running Trans Rockies 120 miler. And they're kind of all back-to-back. So it's going to be a little bit of a crazy up until august is gonna be insane (laughs) um and then i'm still planning the back end of the year um so yeah watch the space um i've got a big project i'm working on in for 2024 so that's going to be exciting i'm just wow. kind of working out final things before i can announce if you thought my marathon thing was insane wait until you hear what i've got for 2024 that's just going to be like oh
1: my
0: goodness are you, are I'm you excited. sure <laughs> you sure you don't want to announce it right here on the mta podcast <laughs> give us i
2: have to kind of get a few more people on board and stuff so i'm like yeah no i have to i'm like i have to hold on to that give me super exciting
0: (laughs) well it's been awesome to have you on the podcast jackie and you're such an inspiration if people want to find out more about that project for next year and everything you're doing where where can we send them
2: probably on social media like twitter or instagram whichever one they've got um i'm nc Running jackie um so they can just look me up there
0: what does the nc stand for
2: um that's (laughs) that's actually for north carolina because um, that's kind of where I started my running, and then uh-huh. I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to post it on social media. Oh, let's just go with NC runner Jackie. And I'm like, I never thought of. Well, actually, what happens if I move? So I'm yeah. like, oh, now I'm stuck with <laughs> NC runner. <laughs> so I just, I just have to be creative and think. What else can the NC stand for?
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. New challenge.
2: (laughs) Yeah. New challenge or something. Yeah. It has to be something creative, right?
0: Nice comeback.
2: Yeah. Nice comeback. There we go.
0: (laughs) Thanks again, Jackie. And thank you. Here's to an awesome year, 2023.
2: Thank you. And thank you for having me on.
0: All right, well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jackie. We will have links to where you can find her on Instagram with the show notes to this episode. She's definitely one of those very inspiring runners to follow on Instagram.
1: She is. I've been following her for over a year now. And of course, following her 104 marathons in 104 days. But she's one of those people who doesn't gloss over like the challenges and difficulties in life. But she just has an extremely positive overcoming mindset. And I think that's so powerful. Yeah. One of her quotes that is so true is that we are capable so much more than we think we are. And her life just definitely illustrates that every single day.
0: Yeah. So let's end on that. You're capable of so much more than you think you are. So don't limit yourself. You'll be amazed where running can take you. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks for being a listener. You can find us online at marathontrainingacademy.com where we have training plans, coaching, and an awesome online community to help you reach your goals, whether it's to run your first marathon, half marathon, ultra, or get faster at any given distance. We've got your back. You can also find us on Facebook and Insta at Marathon Academy. It's just great to be on this running journey with you. Remember, you have what it takes to run a marathon and change your life. Well right on my way, well right on my way.